Welcome back to the Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lenehan, and today I'm speaking with Eunice Pass, Portugal-based photographer and founder of the Pass Agency. Eunice saw the need for an ethical, sustainable way of image making and set about establishing an agency that could help brands create their press and campaign imagery in a more ethical way. Eunice shares the steps she's taken in building the new company. She explains how she brings people with her in making small changes rather than shaming them for what they have yet to do. We speak about cultural appropriation in photography, the death of the fashion magazine, inclusivity, and why she believes making sustainable changes is a beautiful, not work-heavy thing. I really enjoyed this conversation with Eunice. It's something I had never thought about making more sustainable and ethical, but I learned a lot from her experience, and I hope you guys will too. Don't forget, if you're enjoying the podcast, to like and share the episode with a friend. Over to my conversation with Eunice. Eunice, such a pleasure to talk to you and you are really bringing something really different to the podcast. So let's get right into it. Tell me a little bit first about yourself and your work. Uh, So I am an ethical fashion photographer. I'm based in Portugal. Um, I am a self-taught photographer. And when I started teaching myself photography, I knew that I wanted to work in fashion and I wanted to do something more meaningful. So I decided to align myself with uh, ethical fashion brands. Um, and it was great. I learned a lot about supply chain, about how um, clothes, you can't talk about clothes without talking about agriculture and, and the intersection between the environment and people and communities and what's being endorsed by creating a product. And then I learned a lot about consumer responsibility. I changed a lot of my habits, but I, I felt there was, there was something missing. Like I was adjacent to these brands. I was creating for them but that was it I was just creating for them and then that was at the end so um last year I I I I took some time out and started thinking in what ways I could I could you know bring into the conversation as a partner and not just as a service um or a creative service and that's when um start playing and iterating and asking people iterating and asking people what they thought and this and that uh, and I realized that not a lot of people think about photography this way, uh, which is quite weird because image is everything nowadays. This is how you attract people. You know, before you start with the words and whatever, it's image and it's the aesthetics. So I thought, okay, then I can do something with that and I can elevate photography to the role of partner in sustainability. Um, and I can create something that is not only meaningful and adds value to brands, but also in terms of production, which is a part that not a lot of people talk about, what happens behind the scenes of, of photography. I can actually create opportunities for people who, especially in fashion, we co-opt so much. Um, and yet we make so much invisible at the same time. And this duality, is, it's so... Um, it's almost, it's discombobulating in a way because it's a paradox that we all contribute to. Uh, and I sort of want to change that. Well, I am changing that actually. So um, yeah, that's when Paish came about because I thought I mean, instead of being a freelance photographer, let me just create you know, a business that stands for something. And then I can just employ people and talk about the environment and people in its intersection 
and make photography something that is actually, you know, part of this movement and to stay. Yeah. It's such an interesting idea because there's all this conversation about, like you said, sustainable fashion and beauty and everything. But actually what you're talking about is the very process of bringing that to people and how that's done. It's such an interesting concept. So in terms of what you're going to be doing, can you give listeners an, an example? Because maybe some people who, who will be listening will never have like been at a shoot or known what's enta- entailed. And even when it comes down to photography, you might really know what, what you would be briefed with by a brand and how you go about that. So can you like lead us through what practical things you'll be changing? Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, so for example, in the briefing or the first meeting, uh, we, me, at the moment (laughs) Um, I try to assess first of all what the brand needs which is something that we all do but also what um, in what ways they're responsible because I work with ethical fashion brands and responsibility comes in many ways it's not just organic fibers Um, assess that and understand which communities that brand supports so that when it translates into image it's not just putting a body in front of a camera it's also giving opportunities to people in the same community to be part of the creative process of image making. So that's the, that's one. And that's always a continuum that we, we have, I have very present. Um, and then once we, we set, you know, we, we finish our contracts, we agree on everything. Uh, then my part takes over. And what I do is I calculate, it's sort of like um, an equation how can I not harm the environment so much by, you know, with my production and how can I give opportunities to people from not only the communities that are impacted with this story and with this brand, but also the community that I'm part of. Um, And then I start iterating and then I start creating something around that. So for example, if it's outdoors, if the, the, um, the session is going to be outdoors, I stay local, I hire local. Um, and we work around that. So we want to create opportunities, financial opportunities to the people where we do our work, uh, but we also don't want to damage the environment when we're working. And then there's other things like packaging and plastic. And if it's in studio, we think we, do, we hire studios that um, use a lot of renewable energies. If it's catering, we're very careful, not only with plastic, but at the end of the day, if there's excess food, that's donated, that's, we can donate that food, things like that. So it's just, we just look at something like an equation and then we create around it until it's carbon neutral or as much. And if we can't, um, if we create some, we always try to offset it. And that's also very present. We always offset our carbon footprint in, you know, in as many ways as we possibly can. And we create opportunities for people where we're actually telling the stories. That's, that's pretty amazing and really great, like holistic way to look at it. I loved when you were talking about, you know, wherever you're shooting or whatever you're doing like keeping it local I think anyone who's been interested in fashion like myself read so many different books and biographies about you know these fashion teams who flew all over the world took you know 50 people with them packed up everything (laughs) and just just went like this circus around and obviously that was an amazing time and very creative and people had these teams but moving on from that and especially in a post-covid world i mean that's just not going to be possible and i love the idea of including people who are local spreading the wealth sharing the wealth there and involving them 
in the process because again it's a move away from this thing of you know being on this stunning caribbean island with somebody oh. who does not look like they had ever <laughs> grown up there we had ever been there you know it was such a disjointed way of shooting fashion and shooting product and I think actually, personally, I think a lot of the problem with magazines was that they weren't Mm. able to adapt and shift and give people a taste and a flavor for what they were capturing. It all just felt a little bit disjointed, right? Yes. And a friend of mine, uh, when I I, I presented this idea, you said, I'm going to make this agency and whatnot. She's like, you're you're going to be the party pooper of fashion photography. Like, (laughs) you know, you're going to keep it local um, and you're going to do all of these things. And what about Milan and Paris and, you know, Malaysia? I'm like, no, no. You know, there's a lot of talented, talented people in Malaysia that can photograph there. And then, you know, they understand their culture better than I would possibly want, you know, be able to. So it's okay. Like it's still glamorous in, in essence, but it's just different. And also I, 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 I felt, the same disconnection that's why I stopped buying fashion magazines because I thought there's something that wasn't didn't feel quite totally also it's the message that it's it's only right if it looks that way which is a, a massive problem in terms of not only image making as professionals but also the messages that we are conveying conveying as photographers what is it that we're perpetuating what kind of ideals of beauty and cultural appropriation are we saying okay to you know totally um, and I, I, to me it just became so lazy you know like it just yeah. there was no sense of challenging themselves or you know looking past the templates that they had just reused for literally decades and it just felt so lazy. And I, that's why I stopped buying too. I was like, I've seen this shoot yeah. 17 times. I've seen this girl, you know, I've seen this season. You should be buying those things and be challenged and have your mind open. So maybe, I, I love how your friend says you're a party pooper, but maybe the challenge is to make what's around you interesting and, and exciting and all of these great things as opposed to just relying on an exotic location. I mean, I know you're still in the process of like getting everything set up and everything. How has the process been for you? Because as you mentioned, you're a one woman show. So that's a lot. How have you been getting on? Actually, it's, it's, it's difficult because I'm, I'm ultimately I'm, I'm an artist. I started photography because I wanted to create art and I wanted to express myself through art and to the, through this medium. And now I find myself with a business where you know, I slowly, pies are slowly starting to get traction and I'm actually having to think about operational and strategy and all of these things when sometimes I just want, you know, to sew flowers in fabric and create my own set so I can do like to explore something visually. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a, an amazing learning curve, understanding how, uh, possible it is to create an ethical business without compromising artistry and if your values are in if if you work in line with your values you attract your people so i do it's been hard but i also i've never felt so supported Mm. so it makes it fun you know that's awesome and you're so right you do I, i i definitely find that even with the podcast 
if you go down a path, people will find you like you, you know, you, people will yeah. find you who are on the same wavelength. How has the response been within the industry? Like, did you feel like there was a hunger for what you're doing? And so like that, and that helped you start? Or do you think you've just been kind of like bringing this to people and they're like, wow, okay, we never thought about it. But yeah, we, we definitely need that. It's been a mixed um, reaction. So some people um, not only love the idea, but, you know, they themselves never thought about it. So they're super interested in, in incorporating some aspects that we discuss in their practices. Other times it's met with resistance, especially when we, you know, when we talk about big productions, big fashion productions, and I'm like, well, you should hire locally. And, you know, you should check if the agency does any anti-racist work and represents models well. But you have to vet. To me, it only makes sense if we, if we honor people and bring dignity to people in the environment. And that I've I've been I've I've been met with resistance. Is it resistance because you know a lack of wanting to put in the effort, or is it a resistance because it's just not something that people value? I think it's fear, actually, fear of if something is challenged, you might lose contract. And 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 I understand it's money and it's food and it's rent and it's it's people, especially if you 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 own a production company, you hire people, you're responsible for for those people. And if you find a way that to make that work, you don't want it not to work. So I totally get it. Um, but it's, I, I used to be a teacher in my previous life. Um, so I understand that this is also about educating and being very patient because it's not, the agency is not here to monopolize anything. It's a numbers game. So the more agencies are like this, the more change we can bring into fashion, the better it will be for the environment, the more dignity we can bring to people. So I'll wait and I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep at it. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. So when you, when you do meet resistance or maybe when you meet with a client and they're not willing to compromise, how do you deal with that? Because I think that's something that everyone, not just even with what you're doing, but that people can relate to in all types of, of their lives and their work because everyone has their own set of principles and mm-hmm. their own rules that they want to play by. But sometimes the realities of life are, it's not always possible. As you said, if money comes into it, it can be tricky. So how do you balance between sticking with your, your principles and, and what you stand for, but then also helping bring people along with you and getting people on board and not being too you know, so not being so stringent that you, you turn them off completely. Yes. So it, it takes a lot of conversations um, to understand in what ways we can empower each other, because sometimes it's just confidence as well. Like if you, you start with the low hanging fruit, um, you know, sometimes, you know, fashion brands cannot just change their supply chain altogether because that's a, it's an impossible business strategy. Sure. That's okay. You know, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. Um, so we start with the smaller doable bits. If, if there's a willingness, which usually there is, but it just, it looks, I think sustainability gets such a bad rap because it seems like a, a daunting task. Like it's 
massive thing and massive goals that all of a sudden you have to live in a mountain and eat spinach every day and you know just make your own clothes and and it's not really it's 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 a beautiful um connection of our communities and we learning from each other it's actually the most communal experience we can have on this planet so we just try to sort of start with the doable get the brand or the designer to build that confidence of okay this is achievable so now we can start looking at the bigger pictures uh and also you know we're talking about businesses so it has to be profitable for them so because it's it's an ethical image making process we're adding value to what they're doing because it's not only just product but it's also image and then it goes you're attracting the right audiences because they image them uh, ethically and you attract ethical consumers and so on. Um, so it's also making it sexy, which is not difficult with photography <laughs> um, to, to our clients and, and just be open because everything is transitional and it's, everything is mutable. If anything this year has shown us is that we have to adjust so quickly and sometimes it happens so fast that we don't have time to contemplate all the ethics of one subject. And that is too okay. And that's why communities are so important. Because if you can't handle something, I can. And maybe some other person in the community can. And that's why it makes it a doable goal, an achievable goal. I don't know if I answered the question. Yeah, you totally did. You totally did. It's, it's about being open and willing to talk about it and not expecting people to make every single change perfectly tomorrow but be willing to be with them on the journey support them and yeah you totally you totally answered that well speaking of brands and people who are doing it right then do you have some brands that you love who you think are are really leading the way yes so many brands so one of them is an american brand uh tonle so the most amazing thing about them is that the artisans that work with them are actually part of the the company so they don't outsource so everybody who makes the clothes are part of tonle it's very rare that you find a business that um does not outsource their supply chain and Rachel Fowler who's the the founder of Tonle she's a visionary I think she's amazing uh, she does a lot of inclusion work equitable work so there was Black Friday last month and uh, part of her campaign for Tonle was to uh, give a percent first of all so what she did with her platform was uh, during that week um, she hosted a lot of workshops. Workshops, no, like talks held by people from the indigenous community and black community. And then um, she, she's also part of another brilliant project that is called Reclaim Collaborative, which is sort of um, a platform for other ethical brands to come together. And what they did, they raised $19,000 through Black Friday so that they can uh, distribute to the communities that are most affected by wow. uh, cultural appropriation and what happens, the historical components of Black Friday that um, is very specific to the U.S. history. Um, so Tonle, Great Chase is a jewelry brand. Um, they basically repurpose waste. So all the earrings and um, jewelry made is literally garbage and it's beautiful garbage. Like it's, it, they're literally work 
works of art. Um, Fatra, it's also a US-based brand, what she, but she's, I mean, she should be, you know, a millionaire by now. So what she does is she takes plastic bottles and she makes them into bags, luxury bags. So every, if you see her, like there's videos of her just walking down the street picking up plastic <laughs> from the street and then she makes these beautiful high-end looking bags with waste with, with plastic so she's alleviating the planet from a big problem and creating something amazing uh, elementum is a portuguese brand she she's the first brand one of the very first brands here in portugal to have a zero waste approach and each garment is multifunctional. So it can have like three or four ways of using it. Multiply as well is a jewelry brand based in the US. So most of my clients are American based, as you can tell. <laughs> That's all amazing. What are your immediate plans and what is the plan for the agency over the next few months? Plans is to launch the website, which I'm going to do between this week and next week. Yeah, because I, I started, I had my first production under through the agency last week. I don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> you know, How did so it go? It was amazing. It couldn't, I, I mean, it was oh, so many stories, so many lessons. It was the first time that I worked with, so the collection was designed in collaboration with a, a queer designer. And the, the briefing was very specific that it had to be representative and it had to be something that was meaningful beyond the, the glamour and the glitz of, you know, the fabulousness of the clothes. So it was my first time working with a transgender woman as a model. Uh, she's an activist, so we had amazing conversations. The editorial was amazing, but one of the things that we discussed and, and, and then concluded is that we're going to partner up and um, Paish will always employ a member of the LGBTQ community so that not only we, we support them, support people financially, but also bring to light um, the necessity of, you know, equity in creative productions, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera and understanding that there are so many stories to tell and there's so much to learn from members of many communities that we sometimes tend to forget. So yeah, that was amazing. And the results are, are were fabulous. But yes, now I need I, you know, I'm still working on the branding on the website. And now I have to really, you know, power through and get that done. So that's the thing for this month, December. And the next year coming next year, we have a few more productions. We have an editorial for a magazine. We just want to get the word out there of what we're doing. We also want to start talking to other creatives, other photographers to build a community so that we can help each other um, to the best of our knowledge. Because I understand that photography is a very competitive field. And also, it's, it's in my, the way that I see photography, yes, it's competitive, but we are the agents of change because we have so much it's, it's so much power we create images we create stories so we, we we need to you know as a collective start realizing that and not just you know think that oh we need to get more work and it's just we're struggling because we have a lot to say and a lot to do and to contribute yeah You've honestly inspired me so much. I think Ireland definitely needs an agency like yours that will just 
help people along, take a lot of the work out of it for, for the brands and just, just be there ready to go. It's, so I really commend you and congratulate you. And I can't wait to see the first campaign. And hopefully someday you'll get to come to Ireland and meet some of the creatives here, do a little bit of work here. That would be amazing. We would love that. You can show us how it's done. <laughs> yes, that's the plan. And Ireland is, I've never been to Ireland. Ireland is so beautiful. Like when my friends go there and show me pictures, like I could shoot hundred editorials there and I don't know why 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 am I not there living I don't understand this <laughs> <laughs>